Welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast where you can join me, Lisa Cooper, and my colleagues Chris Schreiner and Diana Franganillo as we go beyond the buzzwords and talk about the latest user research, technology innovation, and all things impacting user experience of personal devices and services, whether it be at home or on the go. As always, UX Soup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients all over the world with insights, analysis, and expertise. So welcome. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Nice to be together chatting about a topic today that I think we're all very familiar with, which is messaging and messaging apps. I think we've noticed over the last decade that uh, messaging apps have become very common, sort of revolutionize the way we do business and how we socialize. Everything's text-based these days. And today we're going to talk about how smooth that transition is, um, any issues with it, use cases, and how these are being handled by different platforms and so on. So first question to you both, uh, how many messaging apps do you currently use on your phone? I would say that I currently use mainly WhatsApp. WhatsApp is everywhere here in Spain. And also, I use sometimes um, Facebook Messenger when it's about talking with friends that you are friends with in Facebook, right? And that you might not have that daily relationship with them. But I have uh, many others installed, like uh, Signal, Telegram. So yeah, too many of them. Uh, I primarily use WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. And I use them probably, well, Facebook Messenger a bit more. Uh, in the US, that one tends to be the, the dominant one. But I have... Other ones with having to travel to China, I have WeChat on my phone. You, there are, of course, other apps that you wouldn't necessarily think of as messaging apps like LinkedIn. You know, you can message people there. Twitter, you can DM people. So those I obviously have. But when it comes to actually communicating with people often, it's, it's Facebook and WhatsApp. So for me, it's, it's actually changed uh, because I just moved back to the UK. And in the US, I was predominantly using Facebook Messenger for a lot of people. And now I'm back here, WhatsApp is something that's very popular. And so now I'm using WhatsApp and Messenger, as well as text messaging. Some people are very reluctant to use Facebook Messenger or they're reluctant to use WhatsApp. So then you've got these multiple ways of messaging for different people, which can be an issue. And I imagine that's something that we all deal with. So right before we started recording, I wanted to see what messaging app is primarily used in each country. And in the US, it's it's primarily it's dominant Facebook Messenger. WhatsApp is gaining ground and Snapchat is there and the others are there, but far and away, it's Facebook Messenger. In the UK, it's, it's WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger pretty much equal. WhatsApp may be a little ahead, but they're, they're yeah. pretty, both pretty much equally used. And in Spain, it's all, we, it's all WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, Spain is all WhatsApp and but, uh, has penetrated a lot for businesses as well. And it penetrated before as well, because in the UK, a couple of years ago, I felt that WhatsApp wasn't quite there. And, and now, I mean, now I'm glad to see that it has, has got equal. But yeah, here is everywhere and the business are always reachable by WhatsApp as well which could be handy when you cannot speak, but when you want kind of like a faster communication rather than sending an email, for example. What do you think the reasons are why? I think that COVID definitely affected the use of WhatsApp. I know that WhatsApp groups were popping up as a way to communicate 
among families and friends, especially for those that weren't very familiar with Facebook, uh, because then, you know, you could connect phone numbers through WhatsApp. Facebook, you know, there's a lot of trust that was lost in Facebook uh, with the way politics went in the US as well, um, and misinformation and so on. So I think a lot of people left Facebook and perhaps Facebook Messenger too for privacy reasons and misinformation and so on. WhatsApp says, you know, everything's encrypted and nobody... Yes. <clears throat> There's a privacy thing yeah. there, isn't there? Like a feeling of much more privacy. I have noticed, though, with some of these apps, they're not particularly user-friendly, and yet they get to be very popular, Yeah, uh, including WhatsApp. Uh, I'm trying to get my mother to use WhatsApp, and already she's confused and doesn't know how to do it. And, and I'll be honest, when I first started using it too, there was a learning curve. Instagram also could be that way. Uh, Snapchat and these other social media platforms. I think there's more of a focus on exploration as opposed to uh, a more user-friendly experience. Be careful because the moms are not, I know are really addictive. <laughs> really become spammers with WhatsApp. yeah send it to me send it to me and it's like but but anyway so so diana for you with the different apps that you have what what makes you choose one over the other is it specific people that are on each platform or whatsapp penetrated like many years ago here and everybody had it and it was free so i don't know if you remember the times when you have to limit the numbers of the characters on your message on your sms's Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, it's like it goes to two messages, it's going to cost you more. So WhatsApp, uh, it grew quite quickly. So it was almost no question. I mean, what was the point of not having it? Because it was really useful, especially to create groups and to plan some gatherings and to stay in touch if you were, you know, our monthly dinner, where is it going to take place? So you don't need to be texting different people to get to the solution. You know, you don't need to be calling them individually. So it became like a no-brainer. So I don't talk on Facebook Messenger with any Spanish people, basically. So I would talk on Facebook Messenger with my friends in the UK or friends in, you know, Mm -hmm. the States or somewhere else. WhatsApp was where these rumors, even if it says it's encrypted, there there were these rumors about how it's using the information, how it's profiling people and so on. I think this is one of the trade-offs where... Most of us think, well, yeah, I mean, it's so useful that I can accept it. But lots of people lately are migrating to Telegram, which is another of these apps. I don't know if you are familiar with that one. Yes, yes, I am. It's ultra private. I know that it's been used by people who are organizing protests and things like that because it's it's not so easily accessed as other platforms might be. And then there was this recommendation from the European Union to communicate using Signal, I guess, oh. which is which is another one. And at some point it's like, well, I'm not organizing a riot myself. I'm just talking about what <laughs> who is bringing what dish for dinner. So maybe I can sacrifice my privacy and maybe I regret it at some point in the future. But I don't talk about like super serious stuff. I mean, for personal conversations, I just prefer to grab the phone. So so as a result of my trade-off, I continue to use WhatsApp. And actually, I find quite intrusive. You know that when some of your contacts join Telegram, you receive a message. This person is now on Telegram. It's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep notifying me when when the 100 contacts on my call list are jumping into, you know, it's a marketing thing. So all of us are thinking that people are only on WhatsApp and now people are increasingly thinking, yeah, I can use Telegram. 
Does anybody use traditional SMS anymore? Depends what, what kind of contract you're on on your phone. Um, so, for example, with, with my phone, at the moment it's sort of a pay-as-you-go. So I get charged for pictures if I text them. Right, and so that's, that's so useless for, right there. Yeah, so that's useless. So I'm not able to use it, even though I'm fine using text. So now I'm sending pictures via uh, Facebook Messenger. But then I found that Facebook Messenger, if I want to send a video, limits the length of the video itself. Okay. So then I go over to WhatsApp and I use WhatsApp <laughs> because they don't limit the time of the video, the length of the video. So it's, it's becoming very fragmented. And, and then, of course, notifications. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. You know, it's... Um, yeah, for me, I have a problem with the notifications too that I'll get to in a second. But SMS, it's like I get business texts from that. <laughs> and I would text my parents on that for a while, but we've moved to Messenger now. And my friends have moved from SMS to WhatsApp. So I'm like starting to not ever send text messages to SMS anymore. Mm. It's just interesting to see how easy it is to switch and what of those kinds of UX uh, advantages that motivate somebody to make that switch. Well, and like I mentioned about photos or yeah. um, videos, hmm. length of videos, and then of course privacy, you know, people just getting very uncomfortable with some things happening that they don't wish to use those platforms anymore. Yeah. And with notifications for me, I have an issue with WhatsApp because I've been using that a lot more and I have a, a smartwatch. And if I'm using Facebook Messenger and somebody sends me a message, I can read it on my watch and it pops up right there and it's nice. I can see kind of every part of the conversation that I've missed. On WhatsApp, I just get a notification that says, you may have new messages. <laughs> but I can't I was, read what I they are. I thought that it was only my watch because I have a second generation of an Apple watch. So I yeah. thought that mine is like <laughs> really the 80s. And it's not I just your watch. It's not just mine. <laughs> no. And that's kind of annoying because I'm part of why I have a watch. I don't want a watch just to tell me that I have to go look at my phone. I'd like to be able to, to see what I can on it. That's very true. The funny thing is that Answering to your questions, I no longer use SMSs. I mean, you just receive some marketing SMSs and so on. But last week or the week before, like 10 days ago, there was an outage. So WhatsApp was down, Facebook and everything. Yeah. yeah. And here is like, oh my goodness, you cannot send WhatsApps, right? And then I tried to text uh, using SMS and SMSs didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that leads us on to the next question, actually. That really demonstrated to us with that outage how dependent we are on these messaging apps. Do we think this is better or worse for people in the long run? Do we think we're, we're too dependent on them? What's well, our thoughts? It's, we're too dependent on one's owned by Facebook. Mm. <laughs> so if Facebook goes down and it takes WhatsApp and Instagram with it, then... Mm-hmm. It's quite the monopoly. You know, that, that's, that's quite an issue. I think for me as well. Sometimes people get too comfortable. Yeah, I cancel on you. I send you a WhatsApp. Or they don't feel like talking and they are trying to have a conversation that is best suited for talk, for a talk conversation on WhatsApp. So I, for me, it's, it's those sides that people sometimes get really lazy to pick up the phone and just talk, you know, yeah. as, as we used to do before, which is, which is nice. Well, we've moved more toward video chatting within the messaging thing. So we'll use WhatsApp video and... And messenger mm. video for that and i think that's video is nice yeah and so it's these little quick things of you know oh hey i saw this thing and i thought you might be interested that's a great text but if we're wanting to have a conversation then we plop it on video so it's nice to have that option 
these have kind of shifted communication habits in that way. It's just made video or voice calling less and just texting things that really should or could be done in a face-to-face or video calling conversation. It's interesting. I mean, in some ways it's drawn people closer together because it's so easy to send a message abroad. It's not an issue anymore, you know, because you can do it over a free app. Um, Whereas years ago, you would have to spend a lot of money to make that phone call to that family member. get out a pen and paper. And and write write a letter, letter. yeah. Um, So it's much more easier to maintain those relationships when there's large distances. But at the same time, you know, there's a double-edged sword. You can end up becoming just too dependent on that and you actually never speak. Yeah. I mean, email was that too. That kind of started that whole lack of kind of voice interaction and just writing. But it's become just so much easier to send a five-second text to somebody. What about voice messages? Are very popular uh, with you guys or...? I, you know, I don't really use it. And, and I and I wonder why don't I use it? Because I think it, okay, it's not quite as nice as a video call, but it's better than a text. If you can just, you know, sing happy birthday and then they'd be able to play that. That's so much nicer. It's nice to have it in a video, but still, but I just it, find myself not using it. I, there's no good reason why for me personally. I don't, I don't know what, I just don't think to use it. It's a privacy element. You know, if you're around other people and you just want to see a quick text, you know, if you've got to listen to something and you know that everyone's going to hear it or... But I don't even think about that when sending a voice message. I understand that on for the recipient end, mm. not wanting to play that. But as someone sending it, I, I have no idea why I don't even think about it. I think, Chris, you are like me, that when you play the message, I thought that it needs to be heard by everyone around. If you move your phone close, it just plays as it, as it would do in a phone call. Right. Rather than loudspeaker. The other day, my friends were making fun of me about that. It's like, <laughs> listening this aloud for everybody. It's like, just stick it to your ear. And then it... But as sad as it sounds, that's still more effort. Yeah. I was going to say, bo- voice messages are nice, but everyone has one of these friends who sends these voice notes that are minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you just receive it, it's like, I really want to know what's going on. but five minutes seriously (laughs) how can a person be talking on their own it's like talking to an answering machine you know in the old times but for for minutes and minutes that's that's a good comparison actually it is like an answer machine isn't it when you when you send a voice message it's it's similar to that but you could do it in little sound bites as opposed to because it's so easy to do so i think the, the experience of having you know, access to these platforms, uh, we have said that it, it has lots of advantages. I mean, although we need to overcome some usability barriers, particularly for some users, I think it still is very useful and, and the ability to send photos and, you know, it feels that you are sharing the moment you are in much better. However, for me, there is something that is, um, that it could be, you know, a detriment to the experience, which is the messaging overload, particularly if you are within several groups, you know. You know, you are working and at some point people get quite cheerful. It's Friday and then you come back to your phone and it's like a group has come up with 87 messages. It's like, (laughs) seriously? And I am not exaggerating. Is that sometimes people seem to be like waiting for one to initiate the conversation for it to spark, you know, very quickly. So, yeah, so that for me would be one of the things that it could be fun sometimes, but sometimes could be a little bit too much. What do you guys think? Do you belong to these kind of like very communicative groups? The group text messaging, I know exactly what you mean when people are, 
you, your phone is constantly going off if it's right next to you and doing the little ding sound. Yes, that can feel a little stressful. Um, but for me, the way I, I overcome that is I just mute my phone and then go back to it when I feel like I have the time to go through it. But I'm not part of too many of those. So it's not too mm -hmm. much of a problem for me personally. How about I, you, Chris? I'd like to find a better solution to that. Because mm -hmm. for me, like in, in WhatsApp, it's easy to mute one group. And that's nice because then I don't get dinged all the time. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes more of a pull for me to go see if there's activity in that group and interesting activity in that group. And what I find is that when I have a group conversation like that and I mute it because it's just, you know, hundreds of messages and then it's like, you know, I've missed them. Were they really that important? And then I don't necessarily go back to look at them. And so my involvement and engagement with that group decreases and I haven't found that nice middle ground or a way to have a middle ground to not be bothered all the time, but still be engaged. Also, as a side note, if you leave the group, it tells everybody you leave the group and then that can come across really rude. You know, yes. it's, I think there's a nicer way than saying such and such left the group. I left the group once when with people from a school, I mean, it was created a few months ago, maybe six, seven months ago. And at some point it was just like, this is too much. I mean, I mean, I really came, we reconnected, but at some point it was just like too much of the conversation. And yeah, I had to do one of these things, which is quite drastic. It's like, guys, I love everyone. And I am really glad we reconnected. But when we are going to catch up in person, I will be there. I'm leaving the group right now. And then you can imagine that the comments behind are not the nicest, yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean, I agree with Chris that the ability to silence a group, to mute a group for kind of like eight hours or, you know, a day or a week or forever is is nice. I think it would be nice if the platforms came up with a selective way. I mean, it's nice that you can ask WhatsApp, notify me when I have a message from a group or not. So yeah, so basically you can customize your notifications. What yes. I find it would be an improvement is if I could customize the media download because for example if i belong to a group i don't want to necessarily download the pictures sent to that group i don't want to have on my phone phones of other babies or you know other person's right. children but i do want to have them if somebody is sending me personally a picture you know so i think that would be a nice addition to the customization that these apps allow and that's interesting i've had that situation myself where a group was created for a specific purpose and then somebody hijacks that group and sends pictures of their babies or whatever <laughs> <laughs> if you just leave the group then of course everybody's like what the, what happened there and I've been in that position where someone did that and hijacked the group and people just left and we don't know why and I assume that was why but yes that's a good idea so now it's time for condensed soup condensed whoop, whoop. soup what is our best and worst messaging experience? Uh, my best experience was a, a really great bonding experience. It actually happened just over regular SMS um, with two of my friends that were uh, living far away from me. Uh, and we were all baseball fans and the favorite team of one of my friends was in the World Series and well in the playoffs and got to the World Series. And we spent the entire playoffs basically just sending texts to each other during the game, commenting on what's going on and having fun with it. And we did that for each of their games throughout the playoffs. And it was a, a really cool bonding experience. Uh, all three of us, I think, will always remember. How about you, Diana? 
this is going to sound a little bit awkward. There was one occasion in which I was very upset uh, with a friend of mine. And I mean, that friend of mine knew that I was upset, but then I just needed to release the pressure a little bit. So I sent a voice message to another friend of mine talking about the situation, right? And yeah, the message was quite expressive, you know? So the message was so funny that it used to use the, that message to laugh about the situation in the future, you know? So we came back to, do you remember that message that you sent me? You were a little bit hysterical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the thing is that it, out of somebody that was quite negative, because I was quite disappointed in the end, it was such a caricature of the situation that we just did to laugh. Sometimes when we were together, ah, do you remember when you sent me the, the, that voice note in which you were so angry? Yes, I do. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was my best. I had not been using WhatsApp when I was in the US. And then when I came over to the UK, we ended up creating a group on WhatsApp. It was just such a great support to me because as I'm trying to navigate my way back into this country, there's a lot of things I needed to ask of uh, my council of ladies, as I call them. And I just get support and help through that app and we can just keep in contact with one another. And for some reason, it's been more positive for me than Facebook Messenger. And I, I can't really put my finger on why, but that's just been really helpful to me as I adjust. That's a really nice experience yeah. when you can share socially. I mean, it makes you feel much better. What about negatives? Do you guys have any negative? Before all these platforms came about, there was an internal messaging system at my work. This was a long time ago. Let's say I really liked someone that worked there and I was messaging a friend and that person at the same time. <laughs> and I sent the message to the wrong person. Ah! And he died. I was just like, oh my God. And it was about how much I liked him. And he got that when it was supposed to go to my friend. I've done that on email with a reply all about, but the opposite way of somebody in the group really annoying they, me. They're annoyed about. And then I made snarky, sarcastic comments. As <gasps> I sometimes want to do. Oh, no. On a reply all to every, and this email was like, it was, it was, a, it was on a project with like government employees and it was you know now it, that it was that is something that definitely an enhancement that should be around for all messaging platforms you should be able to take back a message i mean i think on whatsapp you can take it back after seven minutes seven minutes yeah. but i think it needs to be longer than that yeah i think so too diana <laughs> i think it was similar to lisa in some way when i got pregnant of my child we have two family groups one with my, let's say, with my close family, with my parents, and another one with my husband and my mother-in-law is in as well because we share other stuff. And then at some point, my parents did know that I was pregnant, but not my husband's family. So my mom was the one to ask the wrong question on the wrong group. You know? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Which for me is like, well, it's not that serious, you know, but the thing is that I think there are better ways to tell your mother-in-law that you are expecting. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> big news. Okay, wonderful. Um, so thank you for that discussion. That was very interesting. A reminder that UX Soup is presented as always by Strategy Analytics. Check out our latest user-focused insights at sa-ux.com. And please also remember to subscribe, like, or review UX Soup on your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting our show page at ux-soup.com. 
You can also visit the show page to follow myself, Diana or Chris, on LinkedIn. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.